for today's podcast. Superintendent David Smith back with us again. Thank you, David. You bet. Uh, You know, what we thought we'd do is just sit down for a brief update today because we want to make sure that we do these on a frequent enough basis that people hear from us uh, rather than than hearing potential rumors, which we know is always the case in a situation like this. So you want to just update us where we're at right now with COVID-19. Sure. Well, as everyone knows in the community, as well as in District 10, southwestern Indiana, there has been a spike of COVID positives. uh, And that's alarming to everyone because, you know, uh, we certainly want to make certain that hospital and medical facilities continue to have the capacity to treat everyone that has not only COVID-19 issues, but anyone that has a health concern. And we're getting close to the point in time where hospitals are at their capacity. So uh, I think that always heightens concern in any community. Uh, Additionally, we've had several school corporations in our neighboring counties that have had to go to e-learning. And I I think that has heightened perhaps rumors that uh, may be out there about when is EVSC going to go to all e-learning. So I'd like to clear that up now, frankly. And you know, another thing people may hear, and this is certainly true, we are always making plans. Our schools are are very committed to making plans so that should we be in a situation where we would need to go to e-learning, we're prepared to do that. So rumors may develop too when they hear about putting plans in place. That doesn't mean we're getting ready to do them in the next couple of days, though. Absolutely. I think that that could be a contributing factor also. Do we have plans? Absolutely. Have we, have we had uh, interactions with individuals to ask and solicit their input? Absolutely. So maybe that's the genesis of of a rumor of us going to e-learning. But I want to tell everyone now unequivocally, as we sit here on Friday afternoon, uh, we are not planning to go to e-learning anytime soon. We know that that can change, but right now the conditions don't warrant that. In fact, I have daily conversations with not only local governmental officials, but also with our healthcare experts, and we're so blessed to have outstanding healthcare in, in Evansville and southwestern Indiana. But they have assured me that there is absolutely no reason in their view for EVSC to go to an e-learning approach at this point in time. Um, So I think it's important to have everybody understand that the reason why several school districts in our surrounding area have done that, it's not been because there have been rampant uh, positive cases within the school setting. In fact, quite to the contrary, they've not experienced that. What they have experienced is an inordinate number of staff members that are having to quarantine because they've been in close contact out in the community, and they can't find the number of substitutes uh, to fill the open positions that they have. And when that occurs, then because they don't have sufficient staff, that's when they have to utilize the e-learning option. And you know, uh, you're exactly right about that. And we know that that is a situation that can present itself to any school corporation, any school district. So we're certainly always prepared for those scenarios. And I think it's important too for people to understand that we are constantly doing a deep dive into the data within the schools, even to the point you and I recently had to call one of our departments that really monitors the data. And they were able to almost just from memory go down exactly on a case-by-case basis because they had done such a study of what was going on in each school to know. And that's all because of the contact tracing process. Absolutely. Every school has a school COVID team. Uh, They're well-trained. They do their job uh, in a very outstanding manner. And uh, in a school that had a few cases, we wanted to see if there was any connection in those cases. And we were able to find out very, very quickly, no, they were isolated. 
uh, events that have gone on in the community. So hats off to our EVSC COVID teams. Well, and speaking of hats off, hats off too to our students, our staff members, because those protocols that are in place to this point certainly seem to be working. They are helping us to, to reduce and not see that transmission, to not see that spread within the schools. Of course, those protocols are only as strong as when people follow them. And in our schools, people are doing an excellent job following those. Yes, they are. And I would encourage everyone to continue that. I know that the mayor on Monday uh, is implementing a maximum crowd of 125 because, frankly, all medical experts will tell you that that's where their concern is, large gatherings. So if you have a crowd of more than 125, you have to have permission from the Vanbrugh County Health Department in order to continue to have that activity. Um, But in the disaggregation of data that uh, Dr. Box provided, District 10, the number one case where you found COVID-19 were retail establishments, number two were restaurants. Uh, so once again, and, and the super spreader events were gatherings really among families or funeral homes or funerals or weddings, events where sometimes people let their guard down uh, and, and understand that. But we have to make certain that we want to continue to keep our kids in school. As the number of cases rises, the number of close contacts will rise. I, I think there's a misnomer out there that anyone that is in quarantine has contracted COVID-19, and that's not the case. In fact, that is the least uh, amount of of individuals. When you look at the three categories, the largest category of individuals that are out due to COVID-related issues would be those that have to quarantine because they were deemed a close contact. That's anybody that's been within six feet of someone that's tested positive for 15 minutes or greater. The second largest percentage would be those that are symptomatic, but perhaps later are found to be Uh, not necessarily COVID uh, positive, but could be uh, symptomatic due to allergies or or the type of uh, season that we happen to be in. And then the third would be those that test positive. So once again, want to implore people to continue to put in place those mitigation strategies of thorough, frequent hand washing, uh, maintaining social distancing and wearing a mask. Uh, And then those are not only important to to stem the rising tide of COVID-19, but also those are perfect mitigation strategies in addition with a flu shot to make certain that you uh, ward off the flu that we know is coming. Well, and then on a final note, we've heard recent reports and it wasn't really anything we weren't aware of because we've, we've understood this all along, but it did just kind of hit home when it was on a national level, just talking about the importance of if you can have protocols in place where kids can be in school and staff members safely, which we've seen so far, just the overwhelming benefits of that social interaction, that face-to-face instruction with teachers. If we can keep these doors open, it is so uh, crucially important for our students. Absolutely. And it was great to receive confirmation that what we're doing here in Evansville and southwestern Indiana in terms of schools is the right thing to do. So I think on a final note, please try to avoid COVID fatigue. Do your part, as you've said, wear the mask, practice safe social distancing, because we want to do everything possible to keep everyone safe and keep our schools open so that students can be learning with their teachers. Absolutely. Avoid large crowds. Get a flu shot. Okay. Well said. That's where we're going to end it for today. We'll provide updates anytime necessary. And of course, go to our website, follow us on social media for more information. Thank you, Dr. Smith. Thank you.